Hey, thank you, Dom. Appreciate it. Well, uh, good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Sam. Uh, I'm on staff here at Arise Church, and I'm really excited this morning because I believe God uh, has a, a really good word for us this morning. I'm really excited to dig into it. Um, we are currently in our Mountaineering with the Master series, which is where we're taking a look at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and Jesus, I mean, his teaching challenges us to look at uh, issues of the heart uh, and God's kingdom, what is the purpose of God's kingdom. Uh, and we are climbing with Jesus, just like those did uh, many years ago on that mountaintop with him. And uh, as we climb, one of the challenges or conundrums, as Pastor John put it, was actually how we measure where we are in our climb with Jesus. Uh, so, after, so often we measure what we know yeah, plus what we do with our hands equals where we are with Jesus. Uh, but we know that's insufficient. Uh, it's not, um, it's more than just, we're more than just our thoughts. And we're more than just our, you know, flesh and bone. We have this thing called a heart. We have this thing on the inside of us that Jesus cares about. And he says this is so important. He makes such a big deal about the heart and heart issues. And so this week we're going to continue that climb with Jesus as we get into different heart issues uh, on the mountain with him. Now, issues of the heart can come out of anywhere. I mean, it's just all of a sudden in a moment you have a massive thing going on in your life. So a couple of years ago, I was working as an electrician, and I, was in a, I turned a corner in my craft, in my skill set. I was a part of a multi-million dollar job. I was starting to really connect all the dots. Like I was starting to really put it all together. Uh, my coworkers were telling me that. My boss took time to tell me that. He's like, I see you growing. Like, you're becoming the electrician I thought you could become. You're doing really well. And I was feeling pretty amped up to continue to grow and to mature and try and become the best electrician I was capable of being. So I ended up, this project ended, and I was on a pretty high note. I felt really confident about what I was doing. Uh, but like all projects, you know, they get completed, and you move on to the next one. So I'm riding this high, and I go into this next project, and I'm going to be working now with a new coworker. And this guy is really smart. He knows his stuff. He's one of the smartest electricians that I knew. He just could pick up stuff really quick. So I was like, all right, I'm going to, like, learn a few things from this guy. This is going to be really good. So as the, we have a couple different projects he and I are working together on we're, that we bounce back and forth on, and right away, early on, we're just missing on stuff. I'm not really understanding what he's saying. Uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I feel kind of lost. We're kind of going back and forth. All, and we just haven't, we're just miscommunicating, right? I'm just not understanding what he wants me to do. And apparently I'm not communicating back what I'm thinking he's saying. And all of a sudden we're just, issues start building up all of a sudden. And then they just kind of pile and pile on top of each other uh, to the point where we actually drove to two separate projects and were pissed and angry at the other guy because we thought the other guy went to the wrong site. And it was just kind of getting ugly. So what happens then when you have two guys who, you know, tension is building up? Well, it ends in the basement of a job site 
with uh, choice words being said to each other uh, about what's happening. Um, and I'm not going to, you know, tell you what was said. But you get the picture. And so eventually at one point he said, look, we got to figure this out man to man. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. So we dig into each other and, you know, the issues. And uh, we both walk away from this, this fight, this, you know, this tough conversation. And I walk to my truck, and I'm just stunned. I'm like, what just happened? How did I go from, like, I'm going places as an electrician to now I'm sitting in my work truck feeling like crap, hating my job, really angry with my coworker. Like, none of this makes sense. So I'm sitting, I'm just sitting in this thing. And then I get a phone call from my boss. And apparently, my coworker called him as soon as this conversation was done. And, and all of a sudden, oh, what happened to figuring out this man to man? This guy just lied to me. He just betrayed me. And now, you know, I start venting back to my boss what a character this guy is. And, you know, my boss isn't taking sides. He's not taking my side. I'm, like, really upset about this. And this thing starts to consume me. So, you know, now, like, days go on and weeks go on, and this thing is just eating at me. I'd be driving into work, and I would be already, like, pissed off. I'd be venting about if I had to do any interaction with this guy. I'd maybe get into the parking lot, or we'd be in a team meeting with, you know, the other, you know, the group of guys as a whole. And if I'd see somebody... Uh, I just had these paranoid thoughts go through my head. Like, what does that guy think of me then? Does he know what side he's supposed to be on? Does he think I'm a jerk or does he think the other guy's a jerk? I have to, like, justify why I'm the good guy and I'm the victim and he's the enemy, he's the bad guy. And this thing would just ate at me, ate, ate at me. And you, you could tell. You, I'd walk in to work and people would be like, holy crap, what's with Sam? He's got issues. And people would be like, Sam, like, why are you so angry, man? I'd be like, I don't know. And I, you know, I do the Christian thing, right? I'm like, you know, pray. All right, Lord, I forgive this guy. You know, he doesn't deserve this. But you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to be angry at him. You know what? He's just going to do his thing. And I'm just going to, you know, do my thing. And, you know, thankfully my boss was smart enough to put us on separate projects. So we weren't working together every day and some space. But, man, this thing continued to eat me alive. How did this happen? Like, how did we, how did I get to this place? And so, Jesus actually teaches on situations just like this all the time. And he teaches on how we should respond. And he gives us this illustration, and this is what we're going to dive into this morning. He gives us a little illustration of really a heart issue. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, verse uh, 25 and 26, if you've got your Bible with you. Um, this is a section of Jesus' teaching on anger. But uh, today we're going to be focusing on this little illustration that Jesus teaches. Verse 25 says, uh, Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you're still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge. And the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Now in order to really understand this illustration, this little sample of what Jesus is talking about, we're going to have to really dive into the 
culture and the context of what Jesus is teaching this in. So the first thing we really need to understand is their justice system back in ancient Israel was a little bit different than ours. You know, judges and jails and prisons, all that works different than what we have in our modern day. So now if you were guilty of a crime or if you had a debt you could not pay, uh, you were thrown in jail. Now I'm not talking like defaults on your, you know, your car loan, you're going to get thrown in jail for six months. No, I'm talking if you default on a payment, you know, or really you don't have the money that you're supposed to have at the end of your time, you got thrown in jail and then you stayed there till the debt was paid, even if that meant you were there, you know, for the rest of your life, eternity. The other thing about prison is once you were there, you actually are are completely dependent on the outside for survival. So if you want to eat, I know we all love to eat food, I know that. So if you want to eat, you actually need a family member or a friend, hopefully to bring you something. Always you'll just starve. It is pretty vicious, uh, pretty horrific living conditions. Uh, man, you're at just complete mercy of anyone who's willing to help you survive. And so if you were going to get out, you needed somebody to pay your debt for you. You need somebody on the outside to cover for you so you could get out again. Now, that was the standard of the justice system. And I'm going to be honest, that's pretty effective of dishing out some pain for being, you know, uh, having lack of character in that, uh, you know, society. I know it's very different uh, understanding. But in this illustration, Jesus is, remember, teaching about a heart issue. He's not teaching about legal advice. Jesus doesn't change gears in the middle of his sermon and be like, oh, that's right, public service announcement. Let me give you some friendly, you know, legal advice that you're going to need in case you get into some weird issues. That's not how the posture we need to read this or understand this. Jesus is giving us a warning of what's to come if we don't settle matters, we don't settle issues uh, in other words, you know, if we have something, if there's a, not a right relationship, there's something broken, there's some tension, there's something dangerous that's about to happen. He's really giving us what it looks like legal advice, really of the heart. So now to get to the point where how did Jesus get to this illustration, we're just going to do a little recap of how we got here in this little section about anger. So if we back up in the Matthew 5 verse 21, uh, he's, he starts his teaching on anger. And he gives in this, uh, you have heard it said uh, that people, people long ago do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Now, Jesus starts with the words, you have heard it said. And really what he's building on is something everybody kind of knows. Even, remember, in this culture, he even grew up in this culture, and he's getting behind, uh, it's um, like, yeah, this is kind of, the, like the, why there's a law here so you don't just go murder every person you get angry with but really he's showing that uh, it's a heart issue first and foremost become, before it becomes uh, a physical act of murder and he goes you're just as guilty murdering somebody in your heart as you are with your hands and that's a pretty drastic um, teaching and it really makes you start to examine your own heart and that's what Pastor John taught on this several oh man, months ago when we first uh, kept going through mountaineering with the master and got on this heart issue. And that was his teaching, that if you're angry with somebody with your heart, you're just as guilty as murdering somebody. 
And so, man, that's a really powerful statement. And, and so keeping your heart free of anger and bitterness is so important. He continues to show us how important this issue is. And Jesus builds on top of that teaching in verses uh, 23 and 24. Um, Pastor John taught on this last week. Uh, verses 23 24 say, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, and then come offer your gift. So Jesus is teaching that, look, he's like right relationships, like not having tension with other people is so important. Remember, Jesus taught, it's not if you have something against your brother, it's not if you have beef with somebody, it's if you know someone has an issue with you, go to them and be reconciled. Like, have right relationships with people around you before you try and make your relationship right with God. That's how important he's, this issue of the heart is for him. And so, growing up in a uh, Christian home, Christian culture, and uh, I hear this all the time, is, it's a very common phrase you hear Christians use all the time, that uh, Jesus is your personal Savior, and you need a personal relationship with Jesus in order to mature and grow in your faith. Now, while I agree with that wholeheartedly, um, it's missing one of the big important aspects about being a Christian, and that is what Jesus is pushing back around here is, like, it's not just about you and Jesus. Like, you don't just give Jesus your 15 minutes in the morning while you're sipping on your coffee before you go to work, and then you're good. Jesus is like, no, this impacts all of you. It's not just you and Jesus' relationship. It's impact how Jesus impacts your whole life, and that includes all your other relationships, all the other people in your life. It's just as important in your Christian walk as it is when you and me get together. So he pushes back against this narrative that, the, that it's just about you and Jesus. It's not. There's way more to that. Other people are just as important. So I've heard um, a lot of people, I don't know if a lot of people is the right word, but I've definitely have heard people share uh, that, man, they're just in a season they'll say, and like, I haven't heard from God in a while. Uh, I'll hear things like, it's just like a desert season of my life, right? I just don't hear from God. Um, and usually... I don't know about you guys, but I've found whenever I'm in a place like that, it's because there's something tension or there's a broken, there's not a right, there's a wrong, you know, something wrong in a relationship I have somewhere. So like when I was saying I had that feud with my coworker, and I found you, I'd pray all the time about this. This thing was consuming my life, and yet I wouldn't, like, you know, hear anything. I wouldn't feel anything different. There was no miraculous sign, right? I'd just be like, man, there's just, this sucks. I'm miserable, and I'm not hearing from God. There's something broken going on, and maybe you're in a similar place. And you're like, I don't know what to do next. What do I do when you're not hearing from God? And that's why I ask the question, is there a relationship in your life that you need to make right? You know, if Jesus taught that if you know someone has, if you know someone has something against you, you know, go to that person, be reconciled. You don't even have to be the one to holding that grudge or has that beef with them. Jesus says, leave your gift at the altar. Leave your worship. Stop trying to go right to God. Make sure you reconcile with people first. And then come back and worship. Then come back and communicate with our Father in heaven. 
then Jesus gives us this warning of what happens if we don't. And that's when he gets into this little illustration, this little story in uh, verses 25 and 26. So now if we don't make that relationship right, what happens? So that's why Matthew 25, he says, Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way. Or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. So Jesus is teaching us that there is tension. There is something, or if there's something broken in a relationship, and it isn't settled, it isn't addressed, uh, it isn't made right, uh, it's going to turn into something else. Um, And you can't listen to this teaching. You can't read this posture out of legal advice where I've done nothing wrong ever. You know, I've treated every person I know with dignity and respect. Therefore, no one can throw me in the jail, right? I didn't do nothing wrong yet. But Jesus is showing us a picture of what's actually happening on the inside of us, what's happening in our hearts. Jesus taught us that being angry with a brother was like murdering him. And when there's broken relationships, there's tension. Now we're headed down a road towards anger and bitterness. Now we're hanging, we're going down a road where there's going to be a conviction. Just like someone's convicted of murder, that's what he's saying in this passage. Like you're on your way to a conviction of murder in your own heart. So Jesus teaches there's two very important keys amending relationships. He says, the first one is, do it quickly. See, when we have tough conversations, we often get very anxious. It feels heavy. There's this, man, it's like looking at this huge mountain in front of you that you're going to have to start, you know, taking on. And we're exhausted before we even begun because we know it's going to take so much emotional energy. It's going to take so much, oh man going to get messy. It's going to get sticky. Um, You know, we don't like having tough conversations right away. So we do what I did in high school all the time, which was, you know, procrastinate. If I had a paper due at, you know, midnight, you bet your butt I was there at 11.35. Why did I do this to myself? Um, But that's what we do. We're like, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll get to that tough conversation tomorrow, you know, when I get a good night's sleep and I feel healthy and good. Or, you know what, I'm just going to wait until a nice, natural moment to have this conversation. When it just flows, you know, like, hey, you know that big tension between us? Like, let me just casually bring that up and I'll address it. Or we're like, you know, maybe I'll just wait and it'll take a while for that to come up. And, you know, halfway it'll be halfway through eternity when we're both in heaven, you know, that we could have this conversation. I don't have to ever, you know, deal with it. Um... But as you guys know, as the longer that thing sits, the danger that grows with it. And now that tension usually comes into angerness, and the angerness starts to grow into bitterness, and now this thing has got roots. And it's growing bigger and massive and something out of control all of a sudden, even though when it began it was so small. Second thing Jesus teaches us is he says, do it together. This actually may surprise a lot of people. I know there's a lot of us, more guys here tonight with uh, the women at their getaway. I mean, this, tonight, I mean this morning. Um, uh, and you actually have to, you know, you can't write a relationship alone. 
as much as guys like to try and fix things by themselves, you know, we struggle to ask for help. At least I do. I don't know about you, uh, all the other guys, but I don't like asking for help for different things. And so typically if I can fix it, I want to do it by myself. And we usually try and fix our relationships the same way. But you can't have to communicate with that person. You actually have to be with that person to be reconciled. So you can't just send a text message, a snap, you know, send an emoji, thumbs up. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And as much as technology allows us to communicate and interact with the world, it also allows us to put off a pretty big mask that we can hide behind. I mean, I could pretend that I'm okay and not feel any pain in what's going on because you couldn't read my body language, you couldn't see my eyes, you couldn't read what's on my face. Uh, that's what technology, that's the danger of trying to think, oh, I'll just fix this issue over a technology. No, you actually have to be with that person in order to feel that genuine grace, the genuine healing uh, that comes from being raw and real and authentic with the person in front of you. So if those two things don't happen, we see this picture painted of being taken to a judge and an officer in prison and thrown, and then, remember what I said about prisons back in that day? It's horrific. It's bad. And you're completely dependent on others for survival. And that's what our heart looks like. This anger and bitterness, now we are locked in this thing. There's this sin running the show. And now we've become locked in prison and you're actually unable to do anything about it. And now you're at the mercy of someone on the outside, outside of the prison to help us. Broken relationships left unaddressed lead to being imprisoned by sin. Usually, you know, there's no way out of that. That's a really tough teaching and standard. Every single relationship, the, I don't know how many people you've interacted with in your life, hundreds, thousands of people, every single one of them, that's so hard to try and hold that standard. Pastor John MacArthur wrote this about this teaching. He says, in the fullest sense, of course, because no one has ever fully had the right attitudes towards others, there's no worship acceptable. Thus, everything that Jesus teaches in this passage, as in the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, is to show the absolute perfect standard of God's of God's righteousness and the absolute impossible task of our meeting that standard in our own power. So he shatters self-righteousness in order to drive us to his righteousness, which alone is acceptable to God. Because ultimately, we fall short of this all the time. All of us have. And we look like we're getting thrown into prison because of now the anger we built up towards others. But that's also not the end of the story, though. See, Jesus paid our debt, though, on the cross. Every last penny. We are freed. We're released. You're no longer a slave to sin. See, 
It wasn't until I was ready to let Jesus do work in my heart, if I, until I wasn't ready to let, say, all right, Jesus, you can examine me. And I got convicted of the sin in my heart, of the ugly inside of me, that I could finally confess it and repent to Jesus of the issue and the pain that I had for my coworkers. See, it, wasn't, it had nothing to do with my coworker. It had everything to do with the ugliness inside my heart. Jesus offers you that same gift to lay it down at his feet. The, ang- the anger can no longer control you anymore. See, for a lot of us, a lot of that became normal to me. You go weeks, months, some of us have been walking around for years with that being in pr- prison from that sin. And we just accept that's just normal, that's just how life is. It's not how life is. Jesus offers you to come out of prison. So I don't know how long you've been walking with that. If that's been a few weeks, years, decades. Maybe you've been walking around with anger and bitterness uh, that came from your parents, your dad. Maybe that came from a relationship you had in high school. So many times we have this idea that we can, you know, uh, just, it's, it's in the past, we'll just forget about it, and God doesn't care about that. I'm reminded uh, in the story with a guy named King David, and David was the character that God said was a man after his own heart, and surely David would have got it right about relationship with other people. And there's this really famous story you guys can help me out with is, you know, David um, saw this woman Bathsheba, and he liked her, so he brought her to his palace, even though it was the wife of one of his men, got her pregnant, bring the guy back, he's like, sleep with your wife, and he's, and he's like, no, you know, my brothers are out fighting in the war, I'd, you know, he ends up sleeping uh, in like a doorway, and uh, so, Jesus, so uh, David's like, I gotta kill this guy, you know, I gotta take care of this problem, so, you know, they, uh, he puts them back on the front lines, um, and he, he has everyone pull away, minus the sky, so he gets killed. Uh, and then David looks like the hero, because he takes in this widow uh, and helps raise this newborn child. And it's like, oh, that's in the past, right? Now this guy, I, I don't even feel, you know, I don't have to feel bad about this guy. He's dead. I don't have to apologize for sleeping with his wife. You know, all's, all's good. We're just going to move on, right? That's, that's in the past. That's history. And God sends this prophet, Nathan, right? And he tells this little story and convicts David of his sin. And this wrecks David. Wrecks him. He's just weeping before God. So I don't know, it doesn't have to be, I'm not saying you just went and murdered someone's, you know, husband and stuff like that, but I'm saying you got broken relationships in your past. And if those are never addressed, it's going to imprison your heart. And now that anger, that bitterness has been in you and with you for decades. I'm going to let you know that is not healthy. That is not normal. That is not what God wants for your life. 
he wants to free you from that prison you're in. 